Okay, so this time, <laughs> this is after technical difficulties, you can tell the stress is getting to me. But um, so yeah, like I was saying, uh, so basically, what just happened is we started, and then I realized one of the cameras wasn't on, like an absolute amateur. But it happens. Um, they shut our window, and I thought it was yeah, a spark. Yeah. Thought it well, blew up. Well, what it does is, um, it, if it's left like not recording. It'll just take a photo every now and again for some oh, reason, right. which I don't know why it does that. I've yet for this to be explained. <laughs> but one thing that was funny is a uh, months ago when I had Scott Ramsey on the podcast, right? Yeah, I was setting things up and he was just sitting down in that. And um, like, so what would happen is before I set the cameras to record, like I said, it would take pictures. Mm-hmm. So when I would go to transfer uh, the file from the SD card, it would have like. The video with two pictures and I wasn't sure like what was what so yeah. I had to like just import them all and then I would delete the the pictures obviously <laughs> but um uh, there was like so there was just like a freeze frame of like Scott like you know prepared as we're like about to like start the the podcast and whatnot and then maybe I I probably I think it might have been when I had COVID actually right? I was just going through my laptop because it was like I've got nothing else to do. I might as well try and put things yeah. in order of that. And like in my desktop, like a picture of like Scott Ramsey popped up and I was like, what? what? What's going on here? Like I must've forgot to delete one of the bits. It was just like Scott, like with a, like a smiling face next to the microphone. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. But, uh, Even some belters will imagine yeah. they catch you freeze for him. Yeah, I know, right? I feel like, I feel like I'll, yeah. Can't put him up though. <laughs> Gotta keep a, uh, what's it called? Um, yeah, whatever. But, uh, so yeah, as I was saying, um, uh, what, like we record here, yeah, uh, and then I take the SD cards. Usually, do it correctly and don't have random pictures from the day. I yeah, usually yeah. just have the video uh, and obviously the audio that comes from that, uh, the roadcaster, um, and then it will go into my editing software. I'll edit the episode, uh, which is good that we're doing one just just the two of us today because the multicams. I've done that the last two episodes again because uh, we had a, uh, had Aiden Stephen on last week, and then we did the one about Jeremy Kyle on that uh, the week before. Like that's crazy to think that's two weeks nah, ago no, or, already. It just just flies by like that. But um, so I would I have to watch the whole episode through again. I speed it up a little bit, obviously, yeah, yeah. just to make it you know less time consuming. But uh, some like especially like the Aiden one because it's like two hours 15 minutes and it was a really enjoyable chat and everything don't get me wrong but obviously when you're staring at a computer screen you need concentration because you know then i have to go back and make different cuts of a mess up and all that kind of stuff yeah Uh, so they can get a bit brutal at times whereas when it's just two people i can cut two frames crop out and then move them side by side and i don't you know it makes a two-hour job a 25 minute job which is so there was what there was three years on the Aiden Stephen one yes mm-hmm, so was... I haven't watched it yet I'm going to watch it but I haven't watched it yet there's some there's some good laughs on it yes you'll, you will enjoy it too <laughs> uh, sure I will um, yeah so that was awesome uh, we were just talking about uh, gloves and that I'm going to get them framed yeah uh, on the wall somewhere I'm also hopefully maybe not this not this month but next or June I'm going to get this place I wouldn't say renovated, but there's a... So basically, the room that we're in was... It was originally meant to be like a chill pad. Yeah. So it was to watch like football and box and the bar and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, you know, if you go back and watch the very, very early episodes of the, the podcast, you will have seen the bars. It was where we were sitting at the time. Um, oh, yeah, the first one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We had the little alien right. tripod things. And, <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, so the 
the current state of the bar is not good. There's a lot of stuff up there. From what I can see, there's empty monster tins. There's old mic stands. There's a glass. There's proper twelve Irish whiskey up there. There's quite a lot. There's of that seats. Left. There's bent. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff there. So that needs to go, and I'm I'm gonna get that taken out uh, because, like I said, it was meant to be a chill pad, mm-hmm. but it kind of got finished right around when the pandemic started, so it was rendered useless for yeah. two years. Um, and now it's obviously kind of been molded into what we're we're doing now. Yeah. Uh, so my plan is just to get the bar out, get everything clear from behind there. There's a few more bits of like concrete to get carpet tiled. And there's an access to a plug there as well, believe it or not. Um, and this will make it just a hell of a lot better in the sense of we'll have so much more space. Like it, it's not bad just now, but like sometimes it can get like cramped. Like we were even mentioning the last time when me yeah. and you were sitting next to each other and that. So it'd be pretty, because down the line I want to try and get like, third camera and yeah. stuff like that so there's i know i know it's a bit kind of going over the top and necessities and that but like you know I, w- I want to present the the podcast in a good way going forward We've, but do you know how you get like the, the the way that joe rogan set it up i'm not saying like copy joe rogan but i'm just saying like you now he's got the desk and then where he sits and then he's got the bits where there's the guests sit. yeah yeah like mm-hmm. that's quite a cool setup do you know what i mean and all mm-hmm. the artwork behind the wall and stuff that's yeah it's really cool that but yeah i don't know if we could do that now could you um, I suppose you probably could because off all that wall there, eh? yeah, 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 you probably, yeah, you probably could, but then all of this space would be wasted, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Really? Because, well, what else I'll do as well is, um, I'll take the uh, I was just gonna look at the mic level. Um, what I'll do is, is I'll take the that table's now kind of been rendered useless as well. I mean, it's obviously half decent for having the, the boom arm there for when we've got three people but I can arrange yeah. something else that's not as yeah, yeah. taking up as much room um, so that's also kind of in the the horizon as well um, but yeah I, I've, I was going to say something there uh, before I interrupted you Yes, but it's okay. Well, we're we don't really have an agenda for today, no, right? No, we, no, no. We just we're just the cuff. we're coming into this blind, shall we say? So, uh, how how's the music going? Because we, we've talked about this a few times. Obviously, yeah. like the first time you came on the podcast, you were with Jamie, and you were talking yeah. about you were in the process of recording and stuff like that. So, yeah, and um, well, we're just like sort of looking at um, getting the sound right, and um, Jamie's coming over. That well, he's coming over next week, and then we're gonna sort of get going on that as well, even even more. Because like I can think maybe two weeks ago, he came over and we sort of got like the guitar sound exactly like sort of how I want it to sound mm-hmm. for this particular song anyway. So we're just kind of like wanting to just do some recording in the house and then just demo it, and then sort of send it away to sound engineers, and then then obviously go down to a, a studio and sort of get it done. Because I don't want to go there and then kind of like be sit there like sit there not know what I'm doing so at least if I go down there with a plan I know exactly what it is I'm doing mm-hmm. then you know because like I was to begin with right before I kind of got the chairs and the boom arms and that I was like do I want to keep this here or am I going to because I remember there used to be a recording studio in Lostmouth um, it's up above uh, yeah, the, you the know, paper shop. Yeah, it? yeah, that's that's what I was on about, right? Yeah, so yeah. I was like, I wonder if there's a potential to potentially rent that out and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. That was just in my thinking at the time. Mm-hmm. But then I looked it up and I couldn't find it anywhere. So I take it it must no longer be there. Or... No, I don't, I don't I don't even know who owns that, right? I yeah. Don't, I don't even know. Property but... changes so much 
times yeah. and what. I've seen that they're starting to make houses uh, where the like the woodland area, the wimpy estate, yeah. uh, is next to the the coolie and whatnot. <clears throat> so I think that was someone else's. Didn't like the old owner Fraser. He sold that land. That's I think, right. Yeah, to someone. Yeah, he's a friend of my granddad's because my granddad's been drinking there for years, and I've met the guy a few times, obviously, because I used to drink in there. Mm-hmm. And he's a great guy, and he owned a Bonnie Arrow, and I'm not sure if he sold that too. Yeah, because I think wasn't there? There's to a be... new place now, isn't it? Yeah, there's. Um, Is it Foggy's? I Foggy's, Foggy's yeah, isn't it? yeah. Well, it got absolutely <coughs> trashed on the first first yeah. weekend, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, I heard there was a big scrap. In that yeah, uh, have some inside information on that, but I'll let you know after <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. Um, uh, yeah, but I, I remember he was uh, he he'd I think he had signed a deal or shook hands on a deal to give it to Tesco, right? And then that fell through somehow because this was like 2014. Because Fraser, he was a good owner, but it was in the sense of he didn't overly involve himself in the pub. If you know what I mean, like he would kind of let Cheryl, who was the like bar manager at the Cooley when like I first started going anyway, he would kind of like delegate like how to run it to her and you would see him in mostly like morning and afternoon you know because obviously still had like duties to do in that but yeah like you know like some pub owners can be like do you know what i mean like yeah like like sort of like a silent partner like kind of like yeah it's almost like that Mm -hmm. but like yeah like i would see him maybe like a tuesday morning maybe early afternoon sort of thing and then he would sort of come in and do whatever he had to do and then he'd go away and then his wife Nancy she would come in and like she'd plant all the flowers outside the bar and stuff um, just checking the audio levels again um, yeah I know we're good all good yeah we're fine we're fine so yeah like um, but yeah he's a really nice guy and uh, I'd met him a few times so but I don't he said that the coolie was his retirement mm-hmm. yeah because he had been talking about um moving it on for a bit, isn't it? Cause, yeah. uh, but like we were just saying, property changes like so often. It seems like it happens in a rush, right? Because I remember at one point there was the Cooley, the Rock House, which has now just been sold yeah. as of like December or something. Um, and, you know, obviously the Clifton and the Scary have all changed ownership as well in the yeah. sense that they're now more, I mean, they're still kind of pubs, but they're more restaurant orientated. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but like, it was like those four all in one go. Um yeah, and obviously like, he had the loss in. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that changed to Guidi's. Yeah, I mean, do you know how you get the, these old bars that you obviously think, right, these need done up? Mm-hmm. But then they have this vibe. Like when you go in, it's like, yeah, it's old school and you know like all the old guys that drink in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you never, like, some of the like best weekends I've had, right, is just sitting there with all these old guys, including my grandfather, but, and just sitting there with whiskey and just, they just tell you stories all night. And yeah. it's like, I'd rather, I'd much rather have that than go into a club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 100%. Because, like, I, I, you know what I mean? I just don't, I, I just like that older vibe. Yeah, and it's it. a lot more relaxed, isn't it? And yeah. there's not a lot, yeah, yeah. there's not as much, we'll call it bullshit, going on. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I get what you mean, because, I mean, uh, from a pub that will remain unnamed, I suppose, but uh, closer than you think. Yeah. And then... It it definitely changed in Big the time. sense of the atmosphere and the the do I say the demographic <laughs> that go there? But oh yeah, hundred percent. The I mean, locals that used to go there now no longer go it, there, and it's more uh, a younger generation that yeah, because they held on for like a year or two, and then they were like, yeah, this is just they could literally just see it mm-hmm. declining. 
I spoke to a few of them because I used to drink with them like every week. These older guys, right? And um, and this wasn't just like you know on a Saturday night. This was like during the week. Like they come in and like you know we call it Monday club, Tuesday club, Wednesday club. It was just the fucking week, every week, mm-hmm. all week. And uh, yeah, they were just like I, I sat here and I thought, well, well, I'll give the guy a chance. Nah. Mm-hmm. You could just see it slipping away, slipping away, mm-hmm. and it was just getting worse. So, yeah, they 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 moved to the Rock House, and then now that's uh, I don't even think they go. Yeah, they, it's an Indian restaurant now, the Rock House, isn't it? Yeah. So and then they moved. I don't know where they are, where they go now. I don't know. It's it's, it's always hard to accept that type of change, right? Because especially in a town like Lossy, where everything's very you know we're very remote, we're very rural. Mm-hmm. It feels like we. We don't like we're not a city, obviously, are we? Like no. even to, even Elgin to an extent. Not, yeah. I mean, not to the extent of like Inverness, Aberdeen, and that, where you can definitely notice a difference in terms of just like everywhere you go. There's, you know, what I mean, like yeah. it's, there's just business upon business upon yeah. business. Um, but Lossy is like the local kind of feeling has always been like a very pivotal kind of mm-hmm. sentiment in this town. Yeah, you know? it's just like a community sort of thing, isn't it? Like, but. I don't know. I I just prefer the old school way of. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Eh? When you go into a bar like the Cooley, you will know because when you go in, you get this, you get this vibe, and it's just like brilliant. But mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, when that guy was not the owner anymore, it just changed. Yeah, yeah it's just gone. Like all of a sudden. So, and I met loads of people in that bar that I would have never have met. Yeah, you know, people that were in the in the in the raft. Do you know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. I made some friends and stuff like that, and it's just great memories and stuff like that. And then they, you had this board, right? And I don't know if you remember, by the jukebox, and you had yeah, couches, oh. and they had this like big thing. It was like loads of pictures, yeah, like a memories board, yeah. Yeah, and it had like my great grannies were in it, yeah, because my grand had been obviously in there for a long time. Like there was people that drove for my grand, because my grand has a taxi business. Mm-hmm. People that drove for him for years, and they were in there, and there was like loads of people that had. That I knew that obviously I didn't even have these pictures of like my great grannies, and he just comes and just rips it down, mm. and I'm like, "What are you doing with that?" Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, I'm just binning it." I was like, "Are you fucking serious?" Yeah, that's. I was like, "That's memory. That's there for a reason. That's yeah. not just there for show." Yeah, I mean that's like to show of all the great times the coolies had over the years. You know what mm. I mean? And it was just first instincts just to like yeah bin it he's just like ripping it down it's just like just like someone took a shit on your doorstep like, yeah it was almost yeah it was horrible it was, i don't know I, and that's so why i just stopped going there eh? mm-hmm. and i think like what the when the beach bar burnt down right i think that probably also had an effect in the sense of there was like the beach bar was the biggest i mean the the beach bar was the closest thing if not a club at the weekend yeah. for Lossy Mouth, right? Yeah. Um, so when it burnt down, the people that, because like there was always like this weird routine of where Lossy was really busy Friday night and then Saturday night, for some reason, everyone would just Everybody walk up to Joanna's and stuff Joanna's like that. Joanna's and Dicey's and you know, all that. Yeah. And then I think it was because Joe's didn't open until Saturday or something at the time. I know they do Fridays and that now. I mean, I've yeah. been for <laughs> many moons ago, but uh, uh I remember they were talking about uh, like the beacher having burnt down that it was going to like cause a kind of trickle effect to the other places. And I mean, obviously good for them because they get more business, but obviously the same people that were going to the beacher to have a good time were taking mm-hmm. this into more kind of, you know, 
laid back pubs, shall we say? Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, we, I'd love, I mean, it was class, you know, on a Friday night, we'd, I meet the boys at the coolie, and then, I mean, I was, like, I'd go there with a group of friends, right? But, like, I knew people from the RAF, and they were there. So, like, I'd go speak to them for, like, half an hour, and I'd have, to have a few shots and drinks with them. Mm-hmm. But while still being with my friends, you know what I mean, at the same time. So, like, all of these groups mixed, and they all got on, and it was great. And then, obviously, not everybody got on all the time, but that's just yeah, life, there's always right? trouble somewhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you go to the football club, double measures in there, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah, yeah. So, like, well, it's not double. I think it's 35 mil instead of 12. Well, whatever. Anyway, so you go you go there, and then we go to Brander. Then you go to the Beecher after that, mm-hmm. I think. But it would, but that's something you can't do anymore. Yeah, I always... I always like the unique experience of the Brander because it's it's you just don't expect it to be a pub, do you? Because it, it's not the biggest of places, and that's no disrespect to it. Well, I'll tell you one thing: if you had went in there before it was yeah. done up, that place was like I don't know, it felt like a honky tonk, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pool <laughs> table was I like that fucking Wild West vibe, didn't yeah. it? Like, <laughs> yeah, they had like should have had the uh, saloon doors. Yeah, and you stuff had to like go that. in there with a fucking rifle, yeah. mate, like. It was yeah. nice to sit outside though in the summer. Like, yeah, uh, I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. like times like that. Obviously, and I mean, unless the seagulls were nesting, but they weren't really allowed like around that area because it was like uh, I think it was like flats and that. There wasn't there just across from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, but the owners of the brander. I mean, I've known them for years. And I, uh, I remember the guy's name, Alan. Alan and yeah, yeah Alan and Alan and uh, yeah. Well, Alan drove for my grander for. A while for for years, mm-hmm. well, a long time ago. Because I think he was a regular in the coolie, you know, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Probably, um, yeah. So yeah. So yeah, I mean, like I've I've known him for years since I was a kid. So, but I never ever really I don't drink much anymore. So I've no, not been do I. in a while. And I remember I went there to pick up my mate, and Lynn was outside. He just came over. It was like it's almost like you know when you speak to him, it's like you never left. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's like they're good people. So it's not like a. You don't go there and expect trouble. It's not always yeah, like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's a great play. I I like it. Anyway, I like going to the brand every now and again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I was at the football club in December. I was there for I think it was birthday or something. And like, I hadn't been there in years. I like it. Um, I love it. I, I, no, I liked it the last time, but it's just, I think, I mean, especially with the whole coronavirus stuff that's happened the last couple of years, it's just a pub. I was quite an avid pub goer mm-hmm. before the coronavirus, and it's not the coronavirus itself has had anything to do with me not going now as much. It's just, I think, you know what? I shared a Tom Hardy quote a few weeks ago, right? And it's like, the feeling of being alone can is dangerous because it can be addicting. Yeah, fucking and right. I, like, I think a lot of us has kind of found that out over this because we've not really done this by choice. We've always been mandated to do it most of the time. Yeah, And I think that's something that, when we say like a lot of the people don't want to take the step at their door and that after the pandemic and that again, I think that's kind of more what they mean rather than people immediately going like, oh, coronavirus could be anywhere. I mean, I suppose that's how it started, but I think now it's more, uh, you know, because uh, when I started, like when things started easing in 2020, right, you could meet up with people and stuff like that again mm-hmm. for a few months and whatnot. I was getting really nervous about going to like a pub environment or like meeting my mates and stuff like that, but like there was no reasoning behind it. But it's just the whole kind of you need that routine to feel comfortable as a human. Yeah, hundred percent. You know? Yeah, I was the same. I mean, I, like I, God's sake, I would go to the shop and I'd wear gloves. Like, yeah, not like just like Nike gloves mm-hmm. and 
to pick things up off the shelves because I didn't know who had touched it before. Yeah. So, like, I was a little bit of a, like, I didn't know what the hell to expect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was kind of the same. I didn't really want to go out and meet anyone either at the, for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm not that bothered anymore, but before, yeah, I was kind of like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I wasn't really, I don't know. I, everybody got, oh, you want to come here? I was like, mm. nah, I'm all right, actually. Yeah. But I actually got to a point, though, because I think my anxiety was quite bad at the, that time. And I'd get like, you know, just for example, like one of my mates would phone me, right? And I'd look, I'd go like that and I'd be like, mm. Just yeah. not bother. I don't know what it was. I think it was just to put maybe the place I was in at the time, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I think that, like, obviously, social isolation can always like um, fuel that. Like, I, I know for me, especially, like, I, you know, I went through a period of voluntary so uh, social isolation when like I left school, and then I was like, I'm not going to face the world because I had a lot of bad stuff going on in my life at the time, or I thought anyway that I did. Um, so I was quite worried about how long is this going to last because I don't want to get institutionalized in mm-hmm. that kind of routine again because I know how bad it affected me before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I didn't actually go to the shop for six months. That was something that was just out of left field, right? Because really? obviously my mum worked through the pandemic, right? Yeah. She works in the shop. So mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of stuff to get anyway, but if we were needing anything from the house, she would just pick it up after work, right? So, the, the, and obviously we were, the rest of the time you were allowed out for like an hour walk a day, which is so ridiculous saying stuff like that now. Yeah, but, no, it's crazy. Um, so I would like have a walk in that. So I'd be going by a shop, but I'd never actually go never in go for in. anything. Um, and then I was going to my auntie's in August or something. So like the restrictions had kind of eased and whatnot. Um, and I was like, all right, I'm going to get a few beers. Um, I'm going to go to the shop. And I was going there, I remember, like, because it was the first time that I got to wear the mask and stuff because the mandates came in and all that. And I was like, whoa, this is... Because it was the first time I'd been in with, like, the two-meter signs and all the uh, the shields and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that that was like, whoa, this is this is a bit, like, full-on. Do you know what I mean? Like, I Can know, I feel like you're in a flight simulator because you're like, I've got to follow a fucking path. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't go out of this fucking... You know what I mean? Like, you've got to follow instructions. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you got to go. There's a one-way system. You can't go the other way. You can't do this. It's like... Pull the microphone a little bit closer to your face, dude. I never, I never once, I don't think... There I, don't, I don't think I really... Yeah, it's fine. I don't think I did actually follow... To yeah. Follow it that much. Mm. I think, like, when you see all the kind of BS that's happened, it's, you know, a lot... I, I, at the start, I think most people were like, right, okay, this all is going to... You know, it's quite serious. It'll take its time, blah, blah, blah. But then when you start seeing, like, all the kind of fuckery that was coming out and it fell yeah. apart pretty quickly, no one can say that they stuck to it for a tea. Do you know what I mean? Especially no. that that whole kind of, um, you know, we've all got to be in this together and that got shattered when the members of parliament broke the restrictions or whatever and then never got fined or anything. But two, like, you know, again, I don't want to say normal people, but you know what I mean? Like... Everyday um, people, yeah, yeah. Everyday people meet up for a walk outside, and they're getting fined like ten grand or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, so that all kind of felt the tatters. Just another government racket, though. Yeah, Do you yeah. Know what I mean, it's it's just I I I wasn't even surprised about it to be honest. No. Like, see, when I saw the thing with the parties and shit, I was just like, yeah, I'm not even surprised. Yeah, you kind like, of got I, expect I, I kind of expected that. Because, you know, the UK government have always sort of given you false hope anyway mm-hmm. for years. So, 
you kind of look at it and you go, oh, well, that was fucking pretty obvious. That was going to happen. Yeah. There's no way they're doing what they're telling you to do. Mm-hmm. No way, man. They think they're above it, so. It was quite... Do you remember, like, the start of lockdown? Like, there was, a, there was a few things going on for me at the time, right, that I felt quite a lot of pressure about. Like, I was trying to, uh, you know, it's basically the verge of moving out. Um, I had this job interview lined up and stuff. Like, I had a lot of things in place mm-hmm. that were... They were good, but like it can also be stressful sorting stuff like this out in that. Yeah, 100%. so you know, I know this sounds bad, and I think I might have mentioned it before, but when they said all oh, like three weeks, blah, blah blah blah, I was like, all right, so this is quite a good little stopgap for me. You know what I mean? And then for the first couple of weeks, it's like, oh, you know, you don't have to do anything. Nothing matters. You can go to bed at any time because like no one's got. Any- I mean, obviously there was people still working through the pandemic and that, so I'm not making light of it or whatnot. But yeah, just like my situation, I was like, you know take a breather and then we'll go back in three weeks and and then obviously three weeks became like four months or whatever it ended up being you know by like week four i was like okay this is getting a bit boring now <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah there's only so many i, I, I find one thing it did do though i managed to finish sopranos we've talked we've <laughs> talked about this a few times because it used to come on sky um atlantic or, or something atlantic, on, yeah on the on demand service right mm-hmm. and i'd got because the sopranos is a it's one of the greatest shows of all time right but it is the greatest show. It is of all the time. greatest show of all time. Yeah. Um, Fucking unbelievable. But each season has about twenty episodes. Got an hour long. And there are so it's a twenty hours per season and there's about <clears> six <throat> or seven seasons. I think it's six. Six seasons. Um yeah. so I got through to season I would get through like season three and a half. Mm-hmm. And then they would because they do these series in cycles, so they put them on for a certain amount, and then they put uh, other ones on. Yeah, and then you were fucking yeah. Left so then it. I was like, season. You could still buy it, yeah. but it was one hundred and twenty pounds. Yeah, and it's I'm not like, cheap. It's like I know that's going to come back round again, mm-hmm. but then when it finally did, and I started watching it again, I was like, I was, I was like, oh, I can't really did, remember what happened. Did you feel like you had to go back? I had to, the to go start? back and to at least the, the season that I was on. If yeah. I was like halfway through, I had to go back and so then I would get to like season four. Mm-hmm. And then it would come off again, and I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> but um, so it came on during lockdown, um, and I watched season five to six within like a week because I was just kind of binge watching them. Yeah, um, and it's got one of the greatest intros of all time That's to a fucking, show as well. The theme tune, so cool, man. The I don't want to say the theme tune; it sounds a bit kind of yeah, um, yeah. Uh, what's it? What's it called again? Woke up this morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember who does it. But uh, yeah, who's your favourite character? I mean, obviously Tony Soprano. I mean, Tony Soprano's too obvious, right? Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, I mean, I loved Gandolfini as an actor. I remember I was so like gutted when he passed away in like 2013, which is mad to think. It's like, because he was very young as well, Gandolfini. He, I like, think he, he was, was only what? In his 40s? Was yeah, it? I think he was like early 40s. Like, I'd, like, because he. So when he played Tony Soprano, he must have been like thirties, maybe even late twenties, which is mad to think about because he's playing this. Yeah, I'm not actually quite sure. We'll do was one. I, I did like uh, Chris. Chris was. Do you like him? I, yes. Yeah. My favorite character was Polly Walnuts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was also very. I like the the lisp. Do you remember <laughs> that episode where um he keeps complaining about like not getting like the like marinara sauce and they call it gravy the italians yeah that's it's they, like i want spaghetti and tomato sauce yeah because they're like visiting <laughs> italy or something yeah yeah, and yeah. yeah. yeah they're yeah. visiting the but the, the women boss in italy because um yeah tony's doing a deal uh, it must have been shipping cars mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> and paulie's sitting there like paulie 
what you see is what you get with Paul. He's mm-hmm. like one of these. He doesn't give a fuck about anything, and he just sort of he says what he thinks all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And Tony's kind of trying to do this like real important business while he's got Paulie yeah. with him. It's like impossible to do. So, but Paulie, Paul, yeah, Paulie's one of the best. I mean, he was actually in the mob. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't oh, think the, he, the he actor was, was in the mob. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't a made guy, but he was uh, part. He he was in the Colombo family. Like he would work alongside them and he would you know he was part of it i think if he didn't go and act then he probably would have probably you know he could have mm. been in that life forever because i've seen him in a few mob films that uh, i think he's in that gotti film that uh you linked me for when we were doing yeah he is, the yeah mobs, those in, episodes yeah yeah and he was in the goodfellas mm-hmm. at the beginning he was in he was in oh, he's been in a few things i can't remember but mostly known for sopranos though That's you, like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's like, he's in Family Guy. <laughs> really? No yeah, way. Yeah, he played that. Remember when the Griffins got a new dog? Oh, yeah. And he yeah, talked yeah. like Italian-American. Oh, so it was, oh, was Polly. Yeah. I never knew that, yeah. Yeah, it was Polly. yeah. Well, Tony said he's so. But yeah, he's got to be my favourite, I think, because he's just the It's one of my favourite episodes where him and Chris get stuck out in the wilderness in the snow and that. Pine Barnes. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's so that's a great one. episode, man. It's funny as fuck. Yeah. Because they just can't, like, they can't take each other's company anymore by the end of it. Yeah. They keep annoying each other that much. I'll tell you yeah. one funny thing about that. Remember when Bobby, right, was dressed up in hunting gear, mm-hmm. right, and Tony's laughing at him? Yeah. In real life, though, to get Tony to laugh, they'd brought out this big fucking dildo. <laughs> and I held it like that, and Tony just, well, and um, and Gandolfini just broke down in, in fucking tears. tears. Yeah. So that, when you see him laugh, that's what he's laughing at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. Did you ever see? Uh, it was the guy that played. Uh, so the the guy that played Chris was on Joe Rogan, but he was with one of the other guys that was also on The Sopranos. But it was wasn't, it the guy that played Bobby Bacala? I think it was. Yeah, cause, big guy. Yeah, because there was big pussy as well. But he was another guy. Yeah, but they were they were talking about like Gandolfini had nearly like absolutely lamped Harvey Weinstein like back in the day for because he was up to like what you're. You know, yeah, he was eventually up to, he got, was up to, yeah. eventually got rumbled for and whatnot. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, I never saw that episode. Uh, they've got their own podcast now. Oh, do they? Oh, yeah. I might have to search that up on yeah, Spotify. Yeah, uh, what's his name? Steve Stripper, I think. Yeah, that's, his that's name. the that's the guy. That's the guy who plays mm-hmm. Bobby Bacala, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. But then he's got. I mean, uh, do you know uh, AJ? Yeah, uh, Tony's son, and yeah. then his daughter. I think her name's Jamie Lynn Singer. Mm-hmm. Singer, someone like that. Yeah, it rings a bell. They've got their own podcast too, and it's called the Pajama Podcast or something. No way! Like so, and it's the, great. All these Soprano side characters it's are there. It's fucking unbelievable, podcasts. and it's great. Do you know what I mean? And they were in the new Super Bowl, uh, the Super Bowl commercial, mm-hmm. and they were doing something for a car commercial, but it was. Uh, her that played Meadow, Jamie. Yeah. She was driving the car to the Sopranos theme tune. No way. To this song, to this, to the song, right? And obviously, to the, the theme tune. And I don't know what car it is, but they were promoting a car anyway. And she said that she, when she was doing the thing, all she could think about was was Jimmy. Yeah. Gandolfini, right? And then they get out the car, and then she gets out the car, and she hugs uh, the guy who played AJ. And it went, every like Sopranos fans lost their shit. Yeah, because they had no idea that was happening. I haven't. Have you watched um, the Many Saints of Newark yet? This is the no. This, this it's now on Sky Cinema. I'm trying to make time to watch it. I might actually. I'm watching the UFC later, but I've got like a few hours beforehand before it comes on. So I might actually bang it on. 
I've um, heard. Well, I've heard mixed, mixed. reviews of you. Yeah, it. but mm. like I think a lot of people are expecting. Listen, it's the Sopranos is the best of all time, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, what the fuck are you supposed to expect? Like, it's the best. I know it's. I, was it direct? Who was directed by? Was that by um the guy that the Sopranos? Um, uh, the movie. I couldn't be able to tell you. I know that Gandolfini's son plays a young yeah, Tony Michael. Soprano. Yeah, yeah. What's what's the guy uh, that did the Sopranos again? Oh, hold on, we'll look it up. We'll fact check ourselves here. Oh man, that's that's a, that's doing my nut, eh? Uh, Sopranos director. Wait, do you see me kick myself? It was. Mm. David Chase. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've just seen him as you said that. I work faster than Google. Yeah, <laughs> yeah literally by like a millisecond. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Um, literally, David- as I looked at the picture, I was uh, <laughs> I just seen David Chase and you were like, David Chase. I was like, yeah, whoa. David, like- yeah, David Chase. Um, I don't know if he did the movie, but... Uh, it's just genius as well while we, while we keep talking it's just genius man like the whole thing is just genius if you haven't seen the sopranos as get it watched. You need to go. it's gonna take you like it's four months but like get it, it watched it'll be worth it i've watched through it like three fuck three times uh, three times i've watched through the whole that, thing that i tried to did you ever watch the i tried to watch the godfather films back to back to back right so they're about what three and a half hours long mm-hmm. each time and those films are great, right? But they're very, they're very tense films. And some like it was a good way of filming where it would slow build a lot of th- things did back you, in the day. Did it put you in a weird head? Yeah, it did. It made me. It made me feel like the, what I describe the Godfather as, right? It's like I don't when it's I watch deep, it, man. <laughs> like it's not like I see it as like a film. It almost looks like I'm staring at like some kind of mob flashback. Yeah, Do you know great. what I mean? Yeah, it's nuts. The thing is, like, you know, the Godfather, the first one. I think Joe Colombo had a lot to do with that. David Chase did direct the film, so he did yes, he's done both. Yeah, so like I think uh, you know a lot of people, will, you you always get divided fans where like the guys that obviously watch Sopranos when it came out, they're gonna be ah oh, it's not as good, but it's like well listen, mm. how can you top what already? Do you know what I mean? Like how can you actually top that? Yeah, it was six seasons of just absolute in- incredible work, right? Mm-hmm. And then you obviously get the fans like like I would like I know for a fact if I saw the film what if, what from what I've read it I would be like yeah that that was pretty decent mm-hmm. but I need to see it I don't know why I've not seen it I have no excuses I should have seen it I was I, gonna go to the cinema and watch it but um, I think we only had it on for one day and it, it sold out or something because <laughs> when I went to see um, uh, one of the Venom films right funnily enough you ever seen Cinema Three inside the cinema. Is upstairs. Yeah, it's it's probably the size of this room. I'm in a wheelchair, bud. It, well, well, I apologize. I did. I did not. I thought maybe they would have some like, like a, just, an I'm elevator or whatnot. But uh, so, nah, I've I've only been. Was it cinema two, one? Yeah, what's the, the one, one downstairs? Yeah, it's cinema one. Cinema one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've heard it's small though. Yeah, no, it's oh, it's tiny. It's not have a gaming room. Or some shit up there. Um, they might do it kind of seems like it could have that kind of setup, right? Yeah. So basically, cinema three has thirty seats in it, or around about that. Right, because um, so we, me and my cousin went to go see the recent Venom film back in October, right? 
and there was like screen three. I was like, I swear there's only two. Yeah. Um, and I remember we were going because we kind of turned up a bit early. Uh, because I I'd met him after finishing work and we went for a pint and then uh went to go see it, but we we're mm. still like half an hour before the film. But I was like, there'll be the adverts on or something. Anyway, yeah. we'll just chat, whatnot. Yeah. Um, and then we got to so basically Cinema Three's opposite to Cinema Two, right? Uh, and it it didn't say Cinema Three; it just had three on the door. And like my cousin was like, it must be in here. And then I c- we looked in, and it was like, this surely can't be it, because <laughs> it looked like you know the film the film Taxi Driver, the Scorsese film, yeah, where a uh, tremendous film by the way. But uh, De- I haven't seen it in a long time. Uh, De Niro's like he's in De Niro's characters in this um, movie cinema. You know, like if you go back back in the day in like New York, they had these small cinemas, and people would watch like really questionable movies and stuff like that. To put it lightly. Like the kind of porn, yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> you just wait for me to say it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so it looked like one of them, right? I was like, surely this can't be it. So I was like, go downstairs, and double check that we've now walked in like some kind of weird like, fucking camera room. room that they play on the other two or something, right? So he was like, no, no, that, that's it. And I'm like, right, okay. Yeah. So no one had turned up for ages, right? So I was like, we're we gonna get to see this like by ourselves. Like, oh, it's not too bad after all, right? And then it started filling up. And uh, the three behind us, because like I booked seats um, like through the the net, so you got like a seat number and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, the place was packed out at the end, right? And uh, the three seats behind us in came Nikki, Jimmy Duff, uh, oh. and Gary. I didn't even notice them until like they were behind us, and I think a couple guys had just turned up, yeah, and they were in their seats. So like one of them had to then sit next to me, and I was thinking, I was thinking at the time, I was like, wow, like. This is probably like the most perfect place to get COVID with thirty people on top of each other <laughs> in the dark. Uh, See, it's way, it's weird that it changed the way you think, right? Yeah, you would never have fucking thought about germs mm-hmm. before that. No, not at all. So now you're thinking, oh fuck, COVID. Yeah, like even if someone <laughs> said, like, I've got flu, you'd be like, all right, okay. Yeah, like I've had the flu before. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you wouldn't be like, I'm not even gonna get it. You know, it's yeah, but. Even I'm kind of like that with COVID. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to go out of my way to be exposed to it. But like when I hear like, "Oh, this person had COVID. This person had COVID," and you were around them or whatever, I'm like, I don't have it. Like, I'll, I'll do a test. Don't have it. You know, because the end of the day, natural immunity is a thing that still exists. Like when, yeah, when exactly. people get something, they are immune to it for a certain period of time. But I mean, I'm a little more co- a little more cautious because yeah, it's understandable. Just because though. my breathing stuff, yeah. but. But yeah, like I'm far more accepting to it now yeah. than I used to be. So mm-hmm. yeah, I cannot just. And just I think obviously things. now that it's looking like it's now just becoming milder and milder and milder as it goes along. It's yeah, we're gonna have to live with it. I mean. Yeah, just it's putting everyone's mind at ease in that. But mm-hmm. you know, like obviously when it all happened, there was, there's like two extremes. There's like people that are like, you know, don't ever open the pubs ever again and there's people like i want the pubs open i don't care if it's 28 weeks later out there <laughs> open them up you know so like there was that i'm not just on pubs there's other things in that but just as yeah. an example but anyway uh, back to the film so i'm looking for, i'm yeah. looking forward to that uh because i've been needing a bit of i've been needing a bit of um leisure time yeah because uh so uh, christmas was meant to be like a really solid two-week break and i've already talked about it i mean when i got ill even though i wasn't ill for too long it was like four hours or something it still sucked because i had this anxiety in my head of oh fuck like am i gonna have to stay in the whole time and like am i gonna get these holidays back from work and whatnot yeah uh funnily enough they they did give me the holidays right they put it down as sick pay 
right? And so I didn't go claim the government for the like the money back or whatever because mm-hmm. obviously you can if you like miss out on like money at work. Yeah. I then on my last week because it was a temp job, then got an email through saying, well, on like temporary positions, we only give one week sick pay, so that's all that you you got. This is in March. So I'm like, why could you have not told me this in December? Because they're not going to give me the money now three months down the line. No, 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 exactly. And I was, so that left a bitter taste in my mouth. Um, but yeah, I was like, that was, that was quite goonish behaviour. But I've been needing, to cut long story short, I didn't get it then because then we went straight back into the podcast. And I, I, I love doing this. Don't get me wrong. Like, I enjoy doing this. Yeah, but sometimes you need time for yourself. Yeah, you know what I mean? It can, you know, obviously like, this As is, you say about the editing. Do yeah, like, this is the best part about it, doing this. Yeah. And then, Obviously, uh, when I've like, like I mentioned earlier, the frames are, you know, it's an easier process, this kind of format, but like, I don't mind doing it. I enjoy all of it to an extent, apart from probably the uploading, because it is literally me just having to wait for something to finish being done. Yeah. Um, whereas, and obviously now that there's two video, well, it's, it's the same video file, but two are being uploaded at once because one's going to Spotify now, whereas beforehand it used to just be like the audio, which would take 30 seconds. Yeah. Whereas now it's two video things going at the same time. So it's mm-hmm. like, instead of, it used to be like maybe an hour and a half, it would maybe be like two hours and a half because like right. they're canceling each other out with them. Right. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to this weekend. You know, I've got this, I'm going to, I think I'll put this up friday but i've got plenty of time to get it all sorted on that beforehand yeah yeah um i've got the the ufc later i've got my cousin coming around for that but yeah i've been i've just been trying not to think about things if that makes sense like see when i'm quite a, a panicker if you know what i mean like i need things to happen as they should yeah I'm if something goes left field i'm like my mind just starts going yeah you can't crazy. Like, what the fuck am i gonna do now yeah and i can't like get it out of my head when yeah. it's like that and then it's you know when people say you know just like um switch off and i'm like i don't know how to but i'm like that like <laughs> i it's like i need to it's probably just like ocd or something but i need to sort the problem do you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where i've been trying to consciously not overthink things like that now yeah whereas you know i was mentioning i think before we came on actually where um so basically i tried a noise gate last time because the amount of times that we've done these episodes and the raft just fly over the garage i was like i need to try and see if i can cancel that out somehow yeah so i was looking at settings and that and was like kind of mixing about with it and that and seeing what worked and what didn't um so i kind of used it no i did use it i don't know why i said kind of um on the uh episode with aiden and uh, it did work, but it was too aggressive. So sometimes, like, the audio would drop a bit. It, it Not anything too bad, yeah. but it would drop to, like, it wasn't. It didn't cut anything too pivotal out from the conversation, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but I was like, oh, fuck it. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I'm you a just perf- kind of catch a break. I'm a perfectionist. You know yeah, how you... know how you trying were, to get it bang on. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And then, like, the, the one we did with Jeremy Kyle was good. I got the levels bang on for that, but I yeah. could still hear the, the hiss in the room echo. And now I've managed to take everything out because I double-checked last night. So I'm content now. But, um, <laughs> like, I, I mean, I remember you mentioning when we were talking about your music and that, um, like, you were saying that, like, you can overthink, like, songs and stuff like that. And you would say that there was, like, tons of bits of paper, like, you would start writing something and then it would be, and then it would mm-hmm. be the next one, you know? Yeah, like, I wake, fuck me, I wake up in the middle of the night, right? Like, just... Two days ago, I woke up at three in the morning and I had this song in my head and I'm like, where did this come from? And I try to think of what song it is. It's not a song. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it doesn't exist. 
And then I just kind of like put it into my like my voice notes in my phone, and then I'll maybe grab the guitar in the morning or something like that. And I'm like, holy shit, this is actually, you know, it starts forming. Mm-hmm. There's a word here or there, and then it just becomes a story. And then it, and then a lot of the stuff I write about is uh, I make up because mm-hmm. my life is not fucking exciting. Mm. So I just make the stuff up. And, you know, I, I always read lyrics and stuff to my like to a couple of my friends stuff like that and. They're like, how the fuck do you come up with that? And I'm like, I don't, I don't even know. Mm. I don't know. It's hard to explain it. Just, it's just there. You just have to deal, yeah. deal with it. I think like creativity and, and stuff like, even like stuff like feelings. Is like, I, I heard a good quote once. It was like, if you if you could explain your feelings, they wouldn't be called feelings. They'd be called talkings. You know, and I like that quote yeah. because it's like, it's just not something you can put into words. No. Like some things you can't. Yeah. And like, I suppose this is one of those things, right? Like, yeah like i could probably i don't know it's something with lyrics i'm quite i find really easy but i could probably write a lyric i could probably write a song about wallpaper mm-hmm. if i wanted to it was like if i really wanted to or anything i could write a song about anything but yeah there's nothing exciting happening in my life right now so i just kind of write about I, i'll either make something up or write about something that i see does that does that is that a process or does that just come instantly instantly like a lot of the time like at three in the morning i heard that song that i heard everything mm. the bass the drums the guitars the keyboard everything mm-hmm. it's all there yeah so does that like happen in like any like any kind of part of your life like you can be anywhere and like anywhere. yeah I, I was at mcdonald's drive through right <laughs> and uh a lady was like what do you want and i'm like two minutes I had this song in my head and I was like, I'm just reading the board. Yeah. yeah. And I was like recording it on my phone and I had kept the fucking window down, didn't I? So I'm putting this thing into my phone <laughs> and uh, the lady's looking at me like, are you, are you ready? And yeah. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> and then, yeah, it turned out to be one of the songs that I consider, you know, that's in the bank. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot of songs that I just fuck off and it's like, I don't really want them. But like the other day, like I wrote a song, it's called Making You Wanna and it's one of them songs that would work for stereophonics. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a stereophonics song. Like when I was writing it, I was watching Emmerdale <laughs> <laughs> with uh, my electric guitar unplugged. And I was just like, I had these chords and I've been playing these chords for years. And I've written a few songs on them, but at different rhythms, right? And I had played this rhythm. I was like, holy shit, this is like a real stereophonic style. And when I was writing, I just heard Kelly Jones's voice on it. So I was like, my music like is not like stereophonics. It's rock and roll, but it's mm-hmm. not stereophonic. So, like, I, I'll never probably use it. Yeah. Or record it. I would maybe be like, well, you know, if I ever saw Kelly Jones in the future, yeah. I'd say to him, "What do you think of this?" You know, play it to him maybe. But is it like, see, if you're talking about like obviously your style is like kind of more rock and roll. If you ever do write songs that are kind of a different style, like, have you ever been like open to like potentially like, you know being that you know how they have like people that write like not all artists do it but like there's a few artists that like write songs for other, for other artists people, yeah stuff I'd, like love that. To, I'd love to do that i mean whether it's i mean i've written loads of different I've, I've written country songs pop songs i mean i had a song not long ago that it was like i heard in my head and it was luke combs you know the country singer mm-hmm. and it, it's it's not he doesn't have that song it's not there it doesn't exist yeah but it's just in my head and i was in the shower and i was like um, I don't know what it was. It just just pops in my head, and I hear his voice on it. 
And then I've ones for Liam Gallagher. Ones for I had one for Lady Gaga. I had one for Adele. So I don't listen. I'm not in a place where I can approach these people yeah. and say, "What do you think?" Mm-hmm. I'd love to be in that position. Maybe one day, who knows? But yeah, I just kind of have to just do my own thing at the minute. Yeah, man. But I will keep these songs. Mm-hmm. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. I mean, like for an example, when I was explaining to you the song, um, I've got a song called "Take It for a Ride." It's one of the best. Well, one of my favorite, like, that was one of the first ever rock and roll songs that I wrote, and it was back in, like, 2015 or something. Mm. 2014, 2015, so. That, was not, that was, was not yesterday, that was a long time. Yeah, that how was mad is it that seven years ago, 2015? Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Someone told me it's 2017, five years ago, and I'm like, what? That just makes you sick, <laughs> like, doesn't it? What? Just makes you sick. I was like, can we just slow everything down here a bit? I was like, yeah. Jesus. So the reason I was saying to you about going to the studio and stuff, like, I want to get things right before I get there. And then when I get there, because I really need to talk to a sound engineer to say yeah. to him, listen, I'm looking for this. And I know for a fact that most sound engineers will know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. I don't know any. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just need to catch up with one and, and hopefully you can. That's the bastard of this area, isn't it? It's like there's people that are very few and far between in these kind of... I mean, I, I have my eyes on a, on a place I'm going to mm-hmm. go and record. So I won't be going there and I know for a fact they'll be able to do what I need them yeah. to do. Like, I, I, I have written a song. I have... I know what arrangements I need. It's, I know everything. It's all there. I just need him to do... Yeah. Work his magic on it and... Yeah, the uh And sort of mix it right it. and stuff. Yeah. I'm going to get everything right, so... That's one thing I'm not good with because I'm not a lead guitar player. Mm-hmm. So I don't fuck around with amps all the time. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, a, a lot of lead guitar player guys are, I mean, they're, they'll sit there and they'll mess around with different sounds and, oh, yeah, listen to this sound. Or, oh, I'm looking for this sound. Oh, yeah, two minutes. And then they'll, like, put more gain on it, put, you know, this and the next thing. And I'm like, how the fuck do you do that? Like, I don't know how to mm-hmm. do that. So yeah. I'm just a rhythm. I just play yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, I mean, I know it's a total different thing, but obviously I've, I've kind of had to <laughs> learn a lot about video and audio of that recently. Um, and it's quite crazy that now the amount of stuff that I know about things, like I'm, I'm nowhere near like an engineer in any way, shape or form. Yeah. But in terms of what, like, I thought, I, like I, when I first started this, like I was like, right. Let's just keep everything right. I had like notes next to me, like keep you know to make sure I didn't forget what I was doing and whatnot. Yeah. And that was just putting one video file, one audio stereo, one stereo track under it and matching them up. Do you know what I mean? Whereas now there's like there's transitions from the intro to like the actual thing. There's like the multicam. There's moving the the frames. There's I've got this in multi track now. So where so before right. I think the first time I used this feature was on the the Jeremy Kyle one, right? Because mm-hmm. um, I got Adobe Edition, which is an audio software. Because um, I wanted to like not not boost it, but like the, the the audio in the last two episodes. Even though I was mentioning about the noise gate issue in that earlier with the the Aiden one, definitely sounds a lot better in terms of is a lot more power to it, which was my my kind of my goal. Yeah. Uh, so I got it right because I was like, you know, I've been, I've been thinking about getting the 
there's a power bank that I need to get for that because obviously I, eventually I want to m- manage to actually go to people to do like a podcast or something. Um, so that you know, I've had all these kind of thoughts of what's going this is going to look like down the line and whatnot. Um, but I was like, I'm going to get this so I can make the audio sound better because, like, obviously I'm trying to make it as best as possible for the listener as well. Do you yeah, know what exactly, I mean? Yeah, as clear as possible. Yeah, and like you see that in terms of like not just like with the big podcasts like Joe Rogan and that, like you can do that with quite, uh, I don't want to say like a, a like a budgeted approach because I, I wouldn't say that, but like within more reach than what, like, you know, like a big podcast, you know, that's produced with like a, like a massive producer, yeah, yeah, massive yeah. studios, like money behind it and that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so I got it, right? Um, and I was kind of like messing about with it and stuff and then, uh, what I found appealing about it was is as from like the first episode till a few episodes ago this has all been like one stereo track that I've used so like I'll switch the record button on and all the channels will be in one so me and you would be on the same track me mm-hmm. you and Hasty all for example whereas now as we're having this conversation now it's recording my track and your track separately so yeah. I can make so it's got different channels yeah almost. so I can make different adjustments to it if i need to yeah most of the time we don't just need to match it to there's a thing called luffs right so i was reading what this was about because some uh i was i was on a a podcast forum and people like give like technical advice to each other and stuff so i was reading this that's cool question and answers thing like and they were talking about for stereo it's about six minus 16 and uh from mono tracks it's like minus 19 luffs right that's meant to be they're meant to differentiate and i have noticed right. that because when because it records all 14 tracks that it has available on this so it has the four which is like the four mics that we would have it has uh the usb output which could be someone over a laptop or uh like a usb microphone there's the bluetooth the phone and um the noise panels right so it records all of them simultaneously regardless of whether they're on or not so when i put that into the software now it comes up with 14 tracks so i have to delete the ones that i'm not using because mm-hmm. most of them are empty yeah but it's good because i've used like the stereo to line up with the camera audio and then i just i delete the stereo one after i've linked it up take the mono put them all together and then i transfer that to the software so it's cool there's a lot of there's a lot of dynamics and thinking and overgoing that's had to go into it right but i bet there's much, there's so much more involved than i think a lot of people think yeah people think i oh, just got a microphone and mm-hmm. you press record and that's it <laughs> yeah, yeah no, pretty, pretty much pretty much yeah like you know i just it's been a it's been quite crazy because when me and uh it was me and paul that kind of sat down and were like okay we'll start a podcast or something right and i was kind of against it to begin with really Not, yeah just because I tried to previously, right? But right. I just come came way underprepared for it. Like I bought a bunch of shitty USB mics. Had no idea how to get something uploaded to YouTube in any kind of good quality or that. And I just kind of dived into it, you know. Yeah. Um. Like I just wanted to do the talking side of it. But whereas when the second stay at home order came about, I was like, because I got quite depressed during the first stay at home order, which I think a lot of everyone, oh, a lot of people did. Yeah. Um, you take away people's freedom, man. It's gonna yeah. Them. 100%. Um, but I was like, I'm not going to let that happen this time. So I was like, uh, I'm going to go out for a walk every day and make sure, because you can still meet up with one person outside during the second one. So I like, met up with a friend each day, went a walk around Lossie down the beach, wherever you could go. I know it was 
fucking freezing because like January and that. But yeah, um, you know, make do with what you had at the time, I suppose. Exactly. Uh, but then I like I'd said to Paul, you know, like, are you still up for doing something like that? And he was like, oh, and I was like, well, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna start it straight away. I'm gonna do a bit of research into this and see what I can uh, afford and whatnot and stuff. And I'd had a bit of money reimbursed to me at the time as well, and I'd like saved up a bunch of money beforehand anyway because. You know, there was no, there was nothing to spend yeah, money on none, at the time. You know, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you couldn't even go to the bar or anything. So, so what else uh, you gonna do? I looked up, got a few good deals, looked into stuff, and and here we are. And I've obviously like added stuff and that along the way. Like it was the little shitty mic stands to begin with, whereas like these things have been a bit of a, a yeah, blessing. These, these, these things been, are so much better. Man. Yeah, been a good investment, and uh, even with like the mobile batteries, which I kind of had to do because I'm a bit of a doofus and. Uh, there was a mobile battery that came with each camera anyway, uh, and I think I I think I was cleaning here one day to get this setup going, so I put the the mobile batteries that came with these cameras in a bag with like the USB mics, ironically that were used for the last podcast and that, um, and then I think I just left them somewhere. I was like, oh, I'll fucking remember to get them out later, and I think I just like binned them no, when no. I was cleaning it out, but it was okay because like the the batteries were like. Ten pound a pop. That's for, right. so that's not too bad. Yeah, that's all right. Two each, and they take like two hours to charge up and stuff, and they give us like an hour or something. That's decent. So man. that's pretty. That's, you know, yeah. it's, it's just convenient, especially when we're doing one for just like an hour, hour five minutes or whatever. And yeah, that's pretty. That's decent. It just saves so many wires, doesn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. Much better with the uh, wireless. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's came on leaps and bounds since I was on. I mean, the first time. I mean, yeah. When we're, me and Jamie were on talking about music and stuff, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And yeah, it's come on leaps and bounds since then. Yeah, that, that's just that's the whole process of like learning stuff. Even like, with like, you as a musician, I mean, you've got to think to yourself, like, you're learning something new every day about it, you know what I mean? Or every time that you play or, or whatnot, yeah. you know? Like, you never stop learning with whatever it is, you know? I think, you know, being a songwriter is like, a lot of people's like, oh, you write everything down. And I'm like, well, it's always in my head like I can't help it it's just like I could be in the shower and I'm working on a song in the shower like mm-hmm. in my head so like I, like I could have written this part the day before and then I'm in the shower and I'm like oh yeah that bit and then I'm just like thinking yeah and like in there's like it's like there's a little money in here he's like yeah, just yeah. working on stuff and I'm just sort of working on it and then when I come out of the shower the song's done mm-hmm. and I think like we we can a lot of people can overthink stuff like this. As I know I did for sure. Like in the sense of when we first started like doing this, I I kind of assumed that if we had not that we needed notes or anything, but if we didn't know what we were talking about, that it would just completely fall apart. Which is that's just your mind playing tricks on you, right? Because we've not had any conversation about what we were going to speak about today. No, and we're already no. just about to hit an hour, right? So it, it's crazy how your mind has that anxiety and it's like the barrier that you've got to overcome, you know? Well, remember what I said to you yesterday? I said, we're not exactly not going to be stuck for a conversation because no. we get on. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? And it's not like, it's not like any awkward silence yeah, or anything yeah. like that. Do you know what I mean? Like for, for the whole, well, whatever, how long have we been going right now? An hour? Just hit an hour there, yeah. An hour and 15 seconds or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, it's felt like nothing. It's it not feels like, like literally 10, 15 minutes. Minutes, yeah. So there you go. Yeah, it's crazy, man. But uh, I think we've done quite well for our our for off the cuff, yeah. Yeah, for just uh, like because every time that we've done one recently, we haven't been like using. I mean, the last time 
I used notes, quote unquote, was probably the Iraq war one, right? I just wanted to remind myself of stuff because I think we'd originally meant to do it a week beforehand or something. So I just kept it so it was fresh in the mind, I suppose. But even when I was like watching that one back and editing, like they're next to me and I'm kind of like, you know, whereas we probably just could have kept going without them anyway. So I was just like, chin that off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think we're getting to a point now where we don't need notes. No. A podcast is really just about fucking chat and rabble isn't yeah it? i mean you can literally just branch off that's what it's all about yeah. yeah i mean don't look too much into it don't you know get worried about things just have a blast mm-hmm. and i think that i'm finally because i was in quite a stressful situation in the sense of not stressful as in i was stressed but there was a lot of, like i was working i was also like doing this and was where now i'm kind of doing the documentary as well and there's been a lot of delays to that because everyone i was meant to interview got covid so uh, it's been delayed for a bit i suppose that probably added to some stuff but i feel like now that we're especially when we're coming into i would say better weather better weather on looks at least well yeah it looks better but it's still a bit it's still it's still very nippy outside but you know i'm looking forward to continuing going and you know like when i remember when we first started doing this right it's like me and hasty especially um and you know obviously like when you came on and that continued and whatnot but it was like prime summertime so it was like june july august and i was looking forward to every single alley i couldn't wait do you know what i mean and then i think probably just because it was the winter months you know i don't want to say it felt like a chore because i still enjoyed all the conversations and stuff like that but you know you just that there's a big part to play in seasons in your oh, you know, your mood and stuff like that, isn't there? Oh yeah, know? when the sun's shining, your brain automatically like yes, yeah, let's go outside mm-hmm. sort of thing, and you, you know you're up for the day and that. But yeah, like when it's dull outside, you just yeah. want to watch films and yeah, shit. yeah pretty much. You really want to like, do anything? Just want to yeah. play Xbox. Yeah, pretty much. And it's like I guess <laughs> summer. It was like oh, I'll edit this. There's now. a name. There's some. What is that called? Uh, oh, it's like sad or something like that, is it? Like the, it's like it's like a weather mood thing. It's yeah, like a, yeah, yeah. there's a is there not there's a name for that? Yeah, I, I can't I, remember what it is. I think yeah, where like people get like sad in the winter and stuff like that because yeah. of the season. Yeah, yeah I think it might like, actually be called sad because I think Hasty brought it up before. Could be, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's it, like, it's definitely something though. Yeah. It's definitely something. I don't think it bothers me as much as it bothers other people though. Mm-hmm. Like, some, like sometimes it like people can get really affected by that kind yeah. of stuff eh? so it's proper depressed and stuff yeah but that's yeah I've heard of it before quite a few times mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's definitely something anyway sun's back out we're all feeling happy though so yeah we'll, uh, we'll see you whenever we see you next